0: For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this will bring fruit from my work. Yet I don't know what I will choose. But I am in a dilemma between the two. Having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Yet to remain in the flesh is more needful for your sake. Having this confidence, I know that I will remain, yes, and remain with you all for your progress and joy in the faith that your rejoicing may abound in Christ Jesus in me through my presence with you again. Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 26. Welcome back, I'm Brian and this is my Bible Study Podcast. We're currently working through two books at the moment. On Mondays, we're walking chapter by chapter through the book of Ecclesiastes out of the Old Testament. And then on Thursdays, we're working through the New Testament book of Philippians. Today's episode is actually going to be really short, but the one word that is always at the forefront of my mind when I sit down to read from Philippians is the word joy. In fact, I literally have the word joy written in the margin at the start and end of that book in my Bible. In the book of Philippians, Paul is speaking from and about joy. Joy in Christ, joy in the work that Christ completed for us on the cross, and joy in what being a Christ follower means for our eternity. Today we get maybe the most famous verse in Philippians, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We get this push and this pull between yearning for the world to come, yet still finding joy in glorifying God in this life. I pray that this passage would ignite in us all a desire to yearn for a fruitful life of faith in this life, and also to increase our joy for the life that's to come. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1, 21. So this passage opens with a punch. People hear words like life and death, and they seem so concrete, with the death being so pessimistic. But notice in this passage, Paul is really only speaking about life, this life, and then the life to come. He comes back to this theme in 1 Corinthians 15. So in verse 19 of that chapter, he declares, if we have only hoped in Christ in this life, we are all men most pitiable. Later on in this passage in Philippians 1, we hear Paul declare that he is in a dilemma between the two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, yet to remain in the flesh is more needful for your sake. So both of these are about life. Adeyemo notes that it is clear that Paul cannot think about life apart from Christ, whether in this life or in the life after death. He describes the experience of death as departing as if it is going from one place or reality to another place or reality. He does not see death as either annihilation or a state of unconscious sleep. If Christ is living, then being with Christ involves a real life of fellowship. So Paul is going back and forth between having a desire to glorify God through work here in this life and the desire to glorify God in his presence for eternity. John MacArthur says death would relieve Paul of earthly burdens and let him focus totally on glorifying God. This is the picture we get in the book of Revelation of people glorifying God constantly, day and night. So This is not a pessimistic choice between one good option and one terrible option. This is an optimistic dilemma between something good, honoring Christ in this life, and something great, eternity spent with Christ Jesus our Savior. But if I live on in the flesh, this will bring fruit from my work. Philippians 1, the start of verse 22. So Paul cannot imagine living for anything other than Jesus. The fruit that he's talking about isn't worldly possessions or pride or status, you know, the hevel under the sun that the author of Ecclesiastes might talk about. No, the fruit is Paul becoming more and more like Christ working to spread Christ's message, and discipling others to become more and more like Christ themselves. Paul speaks of living for Christ and by faith in other letters that he wrote also. Listen to Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that live, but Christ living in me. That life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So it's a life of faithful obedience that produces good fruit. It's a life that humbly acknowledges that Jesus Christ loved me, died for me, was resurrected and through faith in him raises me to life as well. Having this confidence, I know that I will remain, yes, and remain with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. That your rejoicing may abound in Christ Jesus in me through my presence with you again. Philippians 1 verses 25 and 26. So here Paul has this confidence that he isn't going to die in that Roman prison cell that he's currently sitting in. He believes that as long as God still has work for him to do on this earth, that he will be kept from death so that he can continue to serve the Lord. It's not some arrogant or prophetic message from Paul. It's just confidence that the Lord's will was going to be done, and that right now that will involved Paul carrying the gospel to others. Paul believes that he was still alive for the sole purpose of spreading the gospel, allowing others to see his joy and to grow in their own confidence. And he submitted his life to discipling others to follow Jesus more closely. It's actually pretty amazing if you think about it. So we think about martyrs, the ones who died for their faith, as the ones who sacrificed. Paul is almost saying, yes, they sacrificed, but for me, living this life for Jesus, enduring life's hardships and injustices, while remaining a light to others, that is sacrificing for Jesus also. As believers, we should all be living sacrificially for Christ every day of our lives. Matthew Henry in his Bible commentary says that Paul's difficulty was not between living in this world and living in heaven, but between serving Christ in this world, which is a clear command from Christ, and enjoying Christ in another. Look, being with Jesus is going to be awesome. It's going to be greater than anything we will experience in this life. But we've been provided with this life for a purpose. We exist to glorify God, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to follow Jesus open-handedly, and to take the message of God's plan for redeeming sinful men through Jesus to the ends of the earth, to take the gospel to our cities and to the nations. Paul acknowledges all of that, and then he rolls it up into one statement. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Last episode we talked about the inevitability of injustice, death, and judgment in this world. Like those things are going to occur. We live in a fallen world that bends toward wickedness. As a consequence of the fall, we will all experience a physical death. And then because God is the true judge, we will all stand before him in judgment. To experience eternal life, to have a right relationship with God, to celebrate in his presence forever we are judged based off of one thing alone. When God looks at us on that judgment day, does he see us in all our character flaws? Or does he see washed clean by the blood of Jesus? To turn to Jesus, to live a life for Christ, is to open the door for the best reward we could ever get, eternity with our Savior himself. So what does all of this have to do with the theme of identity that we keep circling back to in the series? Well, I'll read a short passage out of one of the commentaries I'm reading right now by Francis Chan and Tony Morita. It's from the Christ-Centered Exposition series. I'll try to post the book on social media, but the passage says, The application of this verse appears with the little phrase at the beginning, For me. Paul resolved that he would live for Christ. Everyone must fill in this blank personally. How would you complete this sentence? For me, living is blank. It often gets filled in with cheap substitutes. Money, sexual pleasure, power, beauty, entertainment, etc. But using the logic of this passage, notice what fills in the second blank. Dying is blank. Dying is gain is what Paul says. If you fill the first one in with these substitutes, those cheap substitutes, if you say living is money, then you would fill in the second blank with dying is being broke. Where if you say living is Christ, then you can joyfully say dying is gain. It's a good little book by Francis Chan and Tony Morita. It has some good application questions at the end also. Matt Chandler, another pastor, says that when everything considered valuable in this life is seen to be nothing in comparison to the glory of Christ, then you will learn rather well that Christ alone is worth dying for. So Jesus died so that we may live, and he has commanded his followers to live for him and to take his message to the world. Having an identity in Jesus is to place our hope in him, and also to orient our obedience to the commands that he's given us. So what are you living for? And what is stopping you from laying that down to live for Christ instead? Thank you for listening. All Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode we'll pick back up in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Until then, I love y'all.